Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. Today on the show, I have Allison Rasp of Hope with Hashimoto's. Allison jumps into her story with Hashimoto's, which I guarantee so many of us with the disease can relate to. Her story mimics so many stories that I've heard before. How Allison's story differs, though, is by the action she took to take back her life and go after the things that she loves. Now, Allison does holistic health coaching for women newly diagnosed with Hashimoto's. During this episode, she takes us through the ins and outs of her story, how to become your own advocate after being diagnosed, and how radical lifestyle changes ultimately got her on the road to healing. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the Chronically Healing Podcast for more episodes from men and women who have dealt with chronic illness either in their own life or in other ways, but decided to take back their lives and go after the things that they love. This is the whole premise of the type of woman that I coach, someone who is ready to take back their life from chronic illness and go from being limited to the limitless. Subscribe to the podcast for more episodes like this and reach out to me if you're interested in coaching so that you can become someone just like these amazing people on the podcast who live out their dreams every single day. Now, without further ado, let's get into Allison's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. Today on the show, I have Allison Rasp. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. And I actually, so I started following you, it had to have been over a year ago now. You were one of the first people I actually followed with my Chronically Healing um, uh, handle. And I think my husband found you, actually, and was like, you should follow this girl. She's talking about Hashimoto's. How funny. That is so funny. Yeah. So like, I'm super pumped to talk to you, not only because I see your content as very helpful, but also as someone who has gone through the journey of Hashimoto's, I think that it's, um, for me, selfishly, it's nice to talk to someone else who's gone through that. But then at the same time, um, I think a lot of people in the chronic illness space deal with Hashimoto's. So I know that it's a topic that people ask about a lot on the podcast. So I'm excited to talk more about you. So how about you tell us a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, and then we can jump into your full story. Yeah. So um, my name is Allison Rasp and um, I'm a certified holistic health coach. Um, I went to the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and um, I decided to specialize in helping women with Hashimoto's disease um, because I too um, struggle with um, Hashimoto's disease and I know how challenging it can be. So I dedicate my work and um, coaching and courses and everything to helping women reverse their symptoms um, so they can look and feel like themselves again. Yeah. I love that so much. I love on Instagram, your like face side by sides. That's always like so crazy to me, like just the difference. And that is something that I know so well, like I'll be even now, like when I'm on zoom calls, I'll be like, Oh, my face looks different today. (laughs) Like what's happening here. But it's crazy to see just the difference in the inflammation that that kind of happens with Hashimoto's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it shocks my, me and when I see it too, and I like on Facebook, you know, those memories that pop up that are like eight years ago or whatever, they pop mm-hmm. up on my Facebook. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I used to look like. It still like shocks me that I was so inflamed and, and how much my body has really healed and come such a long way. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. we think like, 
oh, I still have so much healing to do, but we forget that we've already done so much healing. So it's kind of a nice reminder for me personally to kind of see those pictures pop up and it's like, okay, you've done a lot of healing already. Like, you know, and I'm just, I'm grateful for that. (laughs) Yeah. Why, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey with hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's and like how, how it started for you and how you got to where you are today? Yeah. So, um, I, my journey started, I want to say in like 2013, I started gaining a bunch of weight. I gained probably like 15 to 20 pounds. Like it felt like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started having like really bad anxiety. My skin like broke out in cystic acne. Um, and I just started not feeling good. I was sleeping 16 hours a day. I could not wow. get out of bed. I was like depressed and just not feeling like myself. I'm a pretty like outgoing person. And I just, mm. I was like, what is wrong with me? And it was like my first year, I was a brand new teacher. I had my own classroom. I was so excited. And I just remember like feeling like I couldn't even get out of bed to go to work, you know, the next oh day. Gosh. And and then like during my breaks, all I wanted to do was like, I would literally sleep the entire time. I could not get out of bed. So, um, I had some pretty bad brain fog as well. Um, like I would be in the middle of teaching and I couldn't even remember like (laughs) what I was saying, like sentences formulating. So it was so embarrassing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just from there. I, I knew something was wrong. So, um, my hair actually started to fall out in like in the shower, I would like have clumps of hair fall out. And, um, I went to my hairdresser and I was like, I don't know what's going on, but my hair has been falling out like crazy. And she's like, you might want to go get your thyroid checked. And I was, I've never heard of a thyroid or whatever. And so I started doing some research and I was like, yeah, it's probably a good idea to go get that checked. So I went to my doctor and I said, I want my thyroid checked. My hair's been falling out here, my symptoms. And my doctor was like, well, you probably just need anxiety medication, but we'll run it anyway. Mm. So um, they ran my thyroid and they called me and were like, "Um, you have subclinical hypothyroidism. Um, We're going to give you the option to go on medication or not. You know, it's really your choice. And I was so desperate at the time. I was like, yes, give me whatever you have. I'm sick of feeling like this. Mm -hmm. So I went on medication and then years and years went by and I still felt bad. Like I still felt awful. Like I was going to the gym like five days a week. I like could not lose weight no matter what I did. Like no matter how much I exercised, I was like, something's really wrong. So I got really frustrated and, um, invested in a naturopathic doctor. And, um, in 2016, I was officially diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease after I had, um, my full thyroid panel ran and a lot of emotions like yeah for that, like a relief to know what was going on, but then also like, you know, what's next, what do I do from here and things like that. So that's kind of been my journey ever since. And, um, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's so crazy. We have like, I feel like there are parts of your journey that I've heard so much and like that have been a part of my journey as well. Like I, I was put on um, like antidepressants and because they, they just assumed that I had depression. I was in college and I like went psycho on these depression medications. So they took me off of them. And then um, 
I also had like the cystic acne and the extreme weight gain and the extreme exhaustion and all this stuff. And they just kept telling me that I was stressed. And like, I remember my first doctor telling me to, um, to, that I should eat less and that I should eat like, like 20 grams of fat a day. And that would help me lose weight. And I was like, I remember at the time just being like, I'm not taking advice from an overweight doctor telling me to only eat 20 grams of fat a day. That doesn't make sense to me. So, so yeah, I just like kept going to different doctors. And then, um, I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism, put on levothyroxine and basically went through, you know, six or seven years of just like constantly having to have my medication changed because my thyroid would, would go crazy. Um, anytime I was even slightly in a stressful uh, time of my life. And I just always, like you said, I just always felt like crap. And I was like, how can I be taking this medication every day? And like, this is what life is meant to be. And, and then I remember I, it was actually for me, a, a regular, a quote unquote, regular doctor who found, who did take my full thyroid panel and told me I had Hashimoto's and I went and saw an endocrinologist and he basically was like, yeah, you have Hashimoto's. It's like the best autoimmune disease to have though. And like, yeah, you'll probably always feel kind of like crap, but it's like not that big of a deal. <laughs> and I remember leaving in my Uber home and just being like, no, <laughs> like this is over. And then that's when I got into like the naturopathic side of things and working with like functional medicine coaches and stuff, because it just, it got to the point where I was like, I refuse to believe that this is like the way that I'm supposed to feel forever. So it's just crazy like how similar that story can be across so many people that live with thyroid issues for sure. Yeah, it's yeah, and hearing your story, it you know, I hear it a lot. I hear that a lot from my clients and from, you know, people in my community and it's it breaks my heart to hear that that's <clears throat> excuse me, that's the you know, the response that we're getting from people that we trust with like doctors. And I think it's, it's, it makes me really angry. And that's kind of why I got into this because, um, you know, I really want to show women that they, they have a choice and they're empowered and that, you know, things, responses like that from doctors are incredibly frustrating and they don't have to put up with that, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely a frustrating thing to have. And, um, I know so many women can relate to your story as well. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm so sad to think about all the women out there that don't know that there's another option. You know, I think that like this other side of health and this like holistic healing and holistic health is becoming more and more and more loud. Like it's just becoming, something that people are talking about and um, more like, you know, general practitioners and that kind of stuff are actually starting to pay attention to like, oh, maybe there's more to this than just medication or things like that. And, and I think that it's so important because I just like, I think of all the people that are basically stuck in that space that I was stuck in four years ago, thinking that like, this was how I had to feel. And I had a doctor confirm it and tell me that that was how I had to feel. It's just that I got stubborn and was like, F off. I'm not feeling like that. <laughs> like, but not everybody, you know, a lot of people see doctors as like the end all be all, like God is speaking. And, and really, I think kind of thinking through these things of like working with a practitioner or a doctor and realizing that 
you have to advocate for yourself in those situations. And if you still feel like crap, find a different doctor. So yeah, I could go on like a whole tangent with this, <laughs> but, but I think that it's so important that more people are like listening to the body as a whole. And there's programs like what you went through so that there's more people that can help people in this space because Hashimoto's is so widespread and it is an autoimmune disease that is, that is, I don't want to say popular because it's not popular, <laughs> but it's one that's well known. A lot of people have it. And I think the more tools that we can put in people's hands is so helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly why I got into doing what I do because mm -hmm. I actually started this whole my whole thing on Hashimoto's by just blogging about my story. And then I found that so many other women were struggling and it's, it's an epidemic. It's becoming more and more prevalent nowadays. Like I have moms calling me about their children with Hashimoto's and it's like, nobody deserves to have this disease, mm -hmm. um, especially children. Yeah. And so it's, um, you know, it's our responsibility to make changes and to, to work with doctors in a partnership, mm -hmm. but then also really learn to take responsibility for our own health. And I think that's what's, um, I see a lot of women sometimes giving their power away to doctors. And so, um, that's one thing I teach in my course is like really understanding like this, this is what your doctor is here for. And then this is what is your responsibility as a patient. Cause I think sometimes we, especially us with, with Hashimoto's, we tend to say like, my doctor has all the answers. My doctor knows my body best. And the reality is, is that we know our bodies best. We know what's best for us. And so when something doesn't sound right or doesn't sit well with you, when you're in a doctor's office, it's really like, listen to that. That's like so, so important. So yeah, that, that is your intuition trying to protect you. And I think like for me, it's so crazy to even just think about, you know, like we we're just talking about some of the symptoms we dealt with. So I was put on an antidepressant that made me literally psycho. You can ask my ex-boyfriend. I was psychotic. <laughs> like, um, and like I was put on um, like extremely harsh drugs for my cystic acne. I was like, anytime they would offer me a medication that would help with a symptom, I would just take it. I mean, I don't know how many antibiotics I've taken in my life. I was, I took, I did Accutane, which is like <laughs> the worst, worst, like, Oh my God, it, it totally ruined my body for years. I was on birth control. I was on all these different things that were like masking all of these symptoms. And then all of a sudden I was like, what am I doing? Like my body is, every time my body yells to me, I'm just like quieting it with a different pill. And I mean, I'm still on thyroid medication. I take nature steroid, so I'm on a more natural version. And and I'm okay with that. But like for the most part, everything else I've cut out because I'm like, while I don't want to deal with these symptoms, I want to figure out how to like make them go away in a different way. Like there's, my body is screaming to me for a reason and I need to listen to it instead of just masking it, which I think is something with Hashimoto's because there are so many symptoms that could be other things. I mean, I don't know how many doctors just told me to like be less stressed. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, how do you just be less stressed? <laughs> and I think like, there's just so many little things that people can do to be less stressed, to take care of themselves. But we're so quick to jump into like, how can we mask that? 
A hundred percent. I see. I see that a lot too. And I think there's also a misconception when you talked about being on thyroid medication. I, I want to address that because, uh, and thank you for bringing that up because I think there's a misconception that when you're healing holistically, like there's no medication and you yeah. don't do any of that. And I agree. I'm also on thyroid medication and I think it's, and we have to give ourselves permission to be on that while we heal the underlying root causes of what's causing the autoimmune response. And so I think some women come to me and think like, oh, I want to do everything holistically and naturally, no medication. But it's really important that you find the right medication for your body while you're healing, um, you know, getting to the root causes of, of what's going on with your body. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I agree with you, with you said, with the stress, it's, it's so <laughs> like, what does that mean to reduce our stress? I just talked about this with someone yesterday. Um, there's, there's certain personality types that I kind of notice too with Hashimoto's. Um, so I think there is places where stress is, stress is a huge root cause of Hashimoto's. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, telling someone to go reduce your stress is, is not super helpful in reversing your symptoms. There's a lot that goes more into that. So yeah, how frustrating that is. Yeah. It's totally like the personality trait thing is so true for me. And I feel like the more people that I've talked to with the disease feel the same. And it's, you know, this, for me, this like perfectionist quality, this like hardworking, like I have to be perfect all the time. I have to do what I'm told. I don't, I like someone told me what, I don't know anything about chakras. I'm still learning, but someone told me one time that like the throat chakra, like not speaking your truth, not advocating for yourself, not standing up for yourself, doing what everybody else wants you to do all the time is huge in the personality type for thyroid. And it's crazy that that chakra is right next to your thyroid. And I remember when they told me that I was like, I need to learn more about these chakra things (laughs) because, but it makes sense. And like, whether you're into that kind of stuff or not, I think just when you go into a doctor's office and you have this personality type of being a people pleaser of not standing up for yourself of being perfectionist or wanting to do all the things all the time. And then your doctors like be less stressed. You're like, what does that mean? And I think like having doctors and practitioners and other people that are helping you with different things that work for you, whether that's meditation, whether that's like reading more, taking walks, or just like trying to find ways to help you become a better you versus just being like, be less stressed. Yes, a hundred percent. And I I love that you brought that up because it's so true. And it's a pattern I see with women and myself with the the throat chakra, um, whether you believe in it or not, it's, it's something that I see a pattern of, of, um, that definitely stems back to childhood, you know, um, basically being taught that, you know, our voice doesn't matter or needs are not important or things like that. So we just find it like, what's the point of speaking up if no one's going to listen? So, Mm -hmm. and then the cycle continues in it when we get diagnosed with this in the doctor's office and we get our symptoms get dismissed. So it's this constant cycle of being invalidated and being dismissed. So many of us with Hashimoto's and thyroid imbalances had something similar in childhood 
where at some point somebody told us that our voice didn't matter and that our needs were not important. And mm-hmm. then the same thing kind of happens again and it recycles itself in the doctor's office when we're told that we're crazy, we're all, it's all in our head, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with us. And so it's kind of this crazy cycle that, I'm, that I see from you know, way back when into the now. Um, and so that's why it's so important that we do speak up for ourselves and really use our voice in ways that we can advocate for ourselves and know that our needs are important. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I appreciate you bringing that up because it's such an important factor. And, um, when it comes to the personality types, you're so right. Like the perfectionism and the achiever, it, those are all personality types I see with women with this disease. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram test. Have yep. you taken Number that? three, that's me. You're three. Yeah, I was <laughs> just going to say. Achiever. I was like, yeah. I'm a one, which is the perfectionist. So it's funny because I'm finding that women with Hashimoto's are either ones, twos, or threes, or a combination of all three. Mm -hmm. So for people who are not familiar with this test, uh, it's a personality test. And your number one is a perfectionist. Two is more of like a giver. You're Mm -hmm. like struggle with setting boundaries. You're putting other people first. And three is the achiever, which is what you are. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to work my way up. I'm going to keep working and working and working. And so I find myself in like all three of those categories too. And I'm sure you do as well. So kind of interesting to see, um, just the patterns that, that show up with our behaviors, um, with this disease. So it's really fascinating to me. It's also fascinating to me, like, as you were talking, um, the connection that like Hashimoto's is obviously a very prevalent disease in women. And then it's a disease where it tends to come forward in people that are told that their needs don't matter to be quiet, that it, all of the things that as a society women have dealt with a little bit more. And I, I just think that that's an interesting connection too, of just like not being able to speak up for yourself. And I know for me, like you're talking about childhood, I don't know how many times I was told that I was a hypochondriac, that I was, you know, a dreamer. I like was up in my head too much, like all these ideas, like Jesse, be quiet, not worth it. And, and it was crazy. It wasn't until like, you know, my mid to late twenties, mid twenties, where I had that moment with the doctor. And I was like, I am so sick of people telling me this. Like, like, no, this, this is not, I'm not making this up. And I think like finally coming to terms with like listening to myself over everyone else. Um, it took a long time for me to get to that point. But as soon as I started doing that, I was, the changes started to occur because that's when I started to advocate for myself and stand up for myself and ask questions that I wasn't asking before. Yeah, absolutely. And good for you for, you know, really speaking up for yourself and advocating for yourself. Like, I think I just recently posted about this too, is that we are so focused on like reversing symptoms that we dismiss the parts of ourselves that have really, like, if you've stood up for yourself at the doctor's office, like you should be so proud of yourself. If you've Mm -hmm. fired a doctor, if you've said, you know what, that doesn't sit right with me, or you've questioned them on what they're telling you to do. Um, we have to be really proud of that because that's going against basically behaviors that were unfamiliar to us. So it's really great to see. I love seeing, you know, hearing women do that and really start advocating for themselves because that's really where the healing, healing happens for sure. Yeah. 
So kind of tapping back into your story, what were, what were some of the ways that you started to reverse some of those Hashimoto symptoms, some of those strong ones that you were feeling, like you said, like the brain fog and the exhaustion and the weight gain? What, how did you get started? Yeah. So, um, I changed my diet dramatically. I, um, I definitely was eating, was not eating great when I, um, or I thought I was eating healthy, you know, when back in the, back in the day, I was like, I eat pretty healthy, but really I wasn't. And I didn't know really what healthy meant. And so I, I drastically changed my diet. Um, and then for me, honestly, my healing, I feel like didn't officially start until I started making some like really radical changes. Um, I know a lot of people say like, Oh, just like, what do I eat? And like food is so important to healing and it's, and it really does help you to lose weight and to feel better. Um, but for me, I had to make so many lifestyle changes. So for me personally, I had to leave a job that I worked so, so hard for. And I know this is not always feasible for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really noticed that my health really started to improve when I was able to, um, take better care of myself. Um, and my job didn't really, um, lend itself to that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that, you know, the diet is a, is a certain part of it. And then also making some serious lifestyle shifts, um, and also getting to the root cause. Um, you know, I've worked with a doctor on, um, you know, checking for things like candida overgrowth, parasites. Um, these are things that you really want to get to the root cause of to find out what's going on. Cause I had, I tested positive for like 87 out of 97 food allergies at one point. Yeah. I, yeah, I was like, what is going (laughs) on? And like that just like spiraled my mind. Like, Oh my God, I have nothing to eat. Um, but really I found out later that I had a parasite Mm -hmm. that was notorious for causing the food allergies. So we really, when we're reversing our symptoms, we really need to look at the at your gut health and what's going on because that is what's causing a lot of the other symptoms that are going on with your body. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important because for me, when I, um, like my two worst symptoms were brain fog and uh, the weight gain. So I still dealt with a lot of exhaustion, but to me, I... <laughs> whether it was good or not, I could like push through it versus where some people like you were saying, were just like literally couldn't get out of bed. Like I would achiever, I would like force myself to. So, but like for me, it was interesting because the weight, the weight has always been an issue. I'm actually in like a, a series right now where my weight has like catapulted back up. So we're trying to figure out what's going on there. But the brain fog for me was like years of trying to figure out like, how am I so forgetful when I'm 24 years old? Like, how is this an issue? And like my family and my grandma had dementia. So there's like all these fears with that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was doing everything that I, that I thought that I could, and we were testing all these things. And my naturopath kept, just kept pinging me that I needed to take my IUD out. And I was like, cause I had been on birth control for almost 16 years. And, and she's like, she's like, I know you're not ready for it because we were like just getting married and I was 
aesthetically like terrified that my face would blow up or like, you know, I would have my period on my wedding and that would be so awful or something like that. So, um, and I finally, like she convinced me and I did enough reading kind of did the, uh, read Dr. Jolene Brighton's book and I took that IUD out and I actually just did a story about this the other day. Cause it was so crazy to me, but like, I think it was 48 hours later, it was like, I was seeing colors differently. Like it literally changed the way that I was thinking. And I had been, you know, like trying to force this healing with my Hashimoto's, which was also contributing to my brain fog. But that, that root cause for me, for my brain fog was actually my birth control. And it, it's crazy. Like as my symptoms have kind of gone up and down with like my weight and stuff in the last year, um, the brain fog for the most part, besides on like a day or two, hasn't come back even with my other Hashimoto symptoms flaring. So for me, it's like that root cause that you're talking about or just like other issues that are actually happening in your gut or, you know, birth control for me was huge. It was affecting so many different things. So um, working with practitioners and coaches and doctors who are really going to dig into that stuff is going to just accelerate your healing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, I know I watched your stories about it the other day too, and you you had shared with me about your story with your IUD, and it's a very common one I hear like that. Literally, I've heard even women saying that it's like ex- expelled itself from their bodies because their body yeah. was literally like rejecting it. Um, and it is such a uh, important thing to look at with birth control because um, you know it's it's causing a lot of harm for people too, and it is definitely a root cause of Hashimoto's disease. And we didn't, we didn't know that back then, you know, it's like, if only we knew what we knew, we know now, you know, but, um, I think it's really good that, um, you've had that taken out and that's crazy to hear like that. You literally saw like things so differently afterwards. That's amazing. Yeah, it was crazy. And like my husband, well, he was my fiance at the time. Like he's, he, I think he's just come to terms with the fact that I'm weird. So like, I'll just say weird things, but like we we, like walked outside and I was like, is this guy always this blue? And he was like, what are you on? I'm like, what are you doing? And I just like, literally, I will say it was also February in Chicago. So it might've just been that I hadn't seen this guy in a really long time, but like, I, I seriously, I felt like colors were brighter. Like, and that sounds crazy, but there had been this like the fog over my life was more than just my memory. It was just like, in general, like everything was just a little bit muted because I felt like I wasn't myself. I wasn't like you were talking about before. I wasn't like happy. I wasn't outgoing. I wasn't as bubbly as normal. I wasn't all of these things. And there was just this fog and this darkness on my life. And, you know, doctors are like the first to like jump to I shouldn't say all doctors. Some doctors are the first to jump to like depression, anxiety, things like that. And for me, it was always like, those are symptoms of something else. It's not, it's not like an actual, I don't actually have depression. I don't actually have anxiety. Those things come out when something else is happening. And I think just being able to be like cognizant of that is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like you were really in tune with your body and really listening to your body. And I think that's, what's so important is like, I feel like sometimes when we're on stuff like that, it can like numb, numb out other 
parts of ourselves and yeah. we don't even realize like, is this my anxiety and depression or is this coming from a different place? You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, it's crazy how connected all of that is. Yeah. So how do you work with women with Hashimoto's? We kind of touched on it a little bit, but how, how do you work with women? Yeah. So I have a three month program where I work with women one-on-one, um, in a, in coaching, one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this program, um, I help them create a nutritional plan. Um, we work through supplementation, detoxification, and some self-care routines to really, um, get them to reverse their Hashimoto symptoms. By the end of the three months, they start really noticing some huge drastic changes. Mm. Um, and then I also have an online course right now. Um, tomorrow it will be opening for enrollment and I'm super, super excited. It's called Hashimoto's 101. Um, basically has everything I wish I would have had when I was newly diagnosed and also really lost in my journey and had no idea like where to start, Mm -hmm. like what information I needed to know to reverse my symptoms. Um, so I'm super excited. I love teaching and educating about this disease and that's exactly what I do in this course. So I love that. I'm so excited for that course to come out. I don't know how many people I've had reach out to me just having Hashimoto's. I think other women that are diagnosed with it, they literally just like search Hashimoto's and then like try to talk to people. And, um, and I think like so many people in the beginning of their journey are just so overwhelmed because you have all the people on Instagram telling you to like throw out all of your toxic products and like, you you know, only shower in like rainforests, you know, whatever, like they're going crazy. And then you have doctors that are just like, you're fine. And then you have, you know, naturopaths that are putting you, um, like through different things. And, and I think that it's important to like, just take a step back and like have something or someone that can kind of like walk with you through those first few steps. And then once you can kind of get going and you can, um, whether you want to work with someone one-on-one, like you're saying, or like just you have a little bit more in your back pocket, you have your own toolbox, which is kind of what this sounds like this course is going to be for people. Yeah. It's literally like a blueprint for step-by-step of how you can go about reversing your symptoms Mm -hmm. and yeah, I just, I hear that a lot too. Like I'm so overwhelmed. There's so much conflicting information out there and I hear you. There's a lot. There's like, I hear that a lot. There's just so much out there. I remember Googling stuff furiously when I was sick and then I was like, oh my gosh, like, what do I do? Like, there's just so much out there. And so that's why I created this. Um, because I know that, um, like if I would have had all the resources in one place, like it would have saved me so much time and energy and just like feeling like, okay, I can, I can do this. I can reverse my symptoms and have everything I need to know in one place. Cause the truth is, is like, there's so much information out there and sometimes it just creates more anxiety and more overwhelm. And so, um, I'm super excited to share this with, with everyone. So they have all the knowledge they need to start reversing their symptoms. Yeah. I love that. And I think like, like you're saying, like having just all that stuff in one place is so important and, and just something that you can kind of go back to like a baseline. I think that that's really, really helpful for sure. 
So um, one of my other questions that I had for you, I always love asking people these questions because apparently I'm like obsessed with routines I'm finding out. <laughs> but like, what are some like routines or rituals or things you do throughout the day that kind of keep your energy moving and, and making you feel the best that you can? That's a great question. I love this question. Um, and I'm still working through a lot of my routines because like you, I'm an achiever too. And I'm, I find myself do, do, do a lot. So it is really important to have these routines in place. And one of the things that I do, I have a really good morning routine, I would say. So, um, I, when I first wake up in the morning, I, um, journal like whatever is going on in my head. I just do an entire brain dump because, literally sometimes what's going through my head is like, I need to do this. I should be doing that. And it's a lot. And I just mm -hmm. need to just throw it on paper and get yep. it out of my head and onto paper. So that's the first thing I do when I open my eyes is just journal stuff out. And then I also write down things that I'm grateful for in my journal because, um, sometimes if we just jump right into stuff, like we're not really addressing like the present and really you know, getting ourselves grounded for what, what we have right now. Mm -hmm. And so I, I tend to be very future oriented too. So it really helps me to put things in perspective to like have some kind of gratitude every morning too. So, um, so I journal and then I like to spend some time doing meditation. I'm a big fan of the insight timer app. I don't know if mm -hmm. you've used that one before. I do. That's the one I use. Yeah, I love it. And so I recently got back into it. I was just doing meditation by myself with no, with nothing because I like quiet too. Mm -hmm. um, but I got really into the guided meditation on the app and um, it kind of holds you accountable too because it tracks your meditations and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, so those are my routines. And honestly, I don't reach for my phone or go on social media until I've meditated, I've journaled, I've um, had a good breakfast. Those are some things like in my routine that I do just to kind of tune in with my own energy um, and make sure that I'm connecting with myself before I kind of jump into the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny, like your, your morning routine is very similar to mine. And I think that it's like, it's so important to be able to just find what works for you and like what makes you feel good. And like every day is going to be a little bit different while having a routine is important. And like having things that you do every single day are things like that's where you're going to see the changes, but then also being, you know, when we are in this space of like being an achiever, being a perfectionist, when you have the days where, um, you don't have as much energy to do that, or you just really don't want to meditate or you want to cut out part of your journey or part of your journaling in the morning, that that's okay too. And just as long as it's not something that you're consistently doing, but I think it's so important to just like find what works for you and like be okay with that and be okay with it changing. Like I just read a book about, about morning routines and it was like, I loved it so much, but, um, and because of that book, I changed parts of my morning routine. Like I added a few things in that, that I really have been enjoying. So it's like, like kind of, you kind of like tapped on this when you first started, but like your routine doesn't need to, I totally lost where I was going. See, this happens to me sometimes. I'm like, my brain is going. Like, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, now I can't remember, but like morning routines, I think are just so important in general and like making them work for you and where you're at and just being okay with that instead of worrying about like what everybody else on Instagram is doing. Yeah. It's so important, um, to just check in with yourself. It's just like my one sacred part of my morning and my day where I get to have time for myself. Mm -hmm. And I think we're so used to sometimes just like reaching for our phone, going on social media, like first thing when we wake up in the morning and then our day just kind of gets like lost in the shuffle of that. So like I, I totally, and I totally love how you said you can switch it up. I think that's really important to switch up your morning routine sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, because our brains, our brains like, like new, they like novel. So, um, it's good to kind of switch it up. Um, maybe do something, maybe you meditate first and then journal second or switch it up or do a different activity, um, before reaching for your phone or stretching or whatever that looks like. So mm-hmm. that you switch it up, then you're more likely to commit to it and do it if you have something kind of new every morning too. So yeah. Yeah. It makes it like a little bit more fun. I've actually, one thing that I've added into my morning routine that I really like has been just a few pages of reading. So, um, like, and that's kind of like how I got through this morning routine book that I really enjoyed, but just like a couple of pages, she, she considers it like adding in mastery to your morning routine. So, um, but like, like something that you're really interested in learning. And I think, it doesn't have to be something that you do for like hours. Like I literally would read two pages some mornings, but it's so nice because it kind of gets my brain moving and I'm purposefully reading more positive books. So it's kind of putting me in that positive space and it's kind of, it's almost like a brain exercise. It's like getting my brain ready for the day so that um, I can like hit the day running, hit the ground running, I guess. So, so yeah, I think that just changing things up, trying out new things, being open to that is so important um, for sure. But so if people wanted to reach out to you, if they want to connect with you or if they want to work with you, your courses, what are some of the ways they can find you? Yeah. So I primarily hang out on Instagram and um, you can find me at hope uh, underscore with underscore Hashimoto's. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a blog and a website and it's hopewithhashimotos.com and yeah, you can find all my, my courses, um, are in my Instagram links and mm-hmm. all the information is there too. Love that. I'll have that in like the show notes in the blog and everywhere. So people can just click it too, but just in case people are driving or listening, they can find you there. But is there anything else you would like to tell the listeners of the podcast today? Um, I think just, you know, don't give up on your health. If you have Hashimoto's disease, know that this disease is reversible. Um, you can heal from it and, um, you know, healing is possible and that's my message. (laughs) Yeah. I love that so much. Healing is possible. Healing is a journey. There's all kinds of healing that has to happen in your lifetime. So I think that that's a wonderful message for people. So thank you so much for being on today. I love talking to you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I love talking to you too.